Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. In the studio today, Mr. Graham Jones, Mr. Phil Jessen and I'm Simon Hazeldean. Now, this episode is entitled, How to Fail as a New Key Account Manager by Ignoring Your Colleagues. And this episode was inspired by one of our loyal sales chat show listeners, James Lovett. James works as a a cam in the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, Told me when we met at the very excellent National Sales Conference event, if you are in sales in the UK, it is the the foremost uh, sales event, fantastic speakers, fantastic learning opportunities for sales professionals. Uh, We're not plugging that because we're getting paid, I'm plugging that because it's an excellent event. Um, James and I had a chat and he... um, mentioned that he listened in and gave us some ideas for some episodes. He then followed up um, with a number of suggestions and ideas, which, James, we will be featuring over the coming months. But uh, James's uh, question that he posed, first of all, let me just get that in front of me. Um, he said that moving into key account management is, is the topic, bit of a misunderstood role, and often people progress into key account management or CAM from a field sales type role. And James's comment was, as a CAM, I believe it's at least about managing internal change and relationships 80% of the time, and the remainder being about influencing the customer. How do we transition? So the question there is, how do you transition successfully into the key account management role? Graham, if only we had a leading key account management expert on the team to whom we could address this question. Do you know where we could find one? Uh, He's sitting opposite me. Uh, James will already be in Phil's good books because he'd already mentioned 80%, which allowed Phil to mention the link to the 80-20 Pareto principle. Mr. Phil Jessen, you are without a doubt a leading expert on key account management. In my street. (laughs) (laughs) Only 80% of the time. I'm the the author of more than one book on the topic. So, So, Phil, your thoughts on James's comments and also this transition piece as uh, well uh, first of all uh, thank you James for that um, uh, contribution and uh, observation and I think uh, James is absolutely right uh, in my work with key account managers when I get to that coaching question uh, what are some of the obstacles getting in the way of you achieving your goals with this key account Uh, I would say that the majority of things that I hear are internal things, not external things. Occasionally, it might be the key account manager's boss that's being referred to, but it's normally sister departments somewhere, production or commercial or the back office or whatever it may be, uh, where there might be just a lack of understanding or, in some cases, a huge amount of understanding, but just resistance. People this, don't want to go with it. Is this is this because it's a bit sort of counterintuitive? Because if you're in sales, you would expect people to have a very high level of correctly, a very high level of customer focus. But now you're you're having to alter 
the focus on the customer to best serve the customer you've got to alter your focus somewhat haven't you well you have i i i think it is um down to a number of uh, factors organizations as we know are a collection of tribes uh, they are rarely one entity they are departmental tribes uh, and i once worked with a chief executive new into the role um, and at his first team briefing in front of 120 odd people uh, when somebody said to him um, you've not published the new organization chart yet um, any idea when you intend to do that and he said i'm not going to publish it because if i put you into divisions you will reward me with divided behavior Okay. And what he was really saying is that as 120 odd people, we are one entity and we have to flex and move in line with what we need to do to satisfy the customer. In terms of um, what, what can we actually do to try and win over some of these colleagues, um, I think the first thing I would uh, say is that we have to accept that if we sell to the external customer, we still have to sell to the internal colleague. It's this time though, we're selling an idea. Okay. And very often I hear account managers using fabulous skills externally, and then I listen to them, to them talking to a colleague and they say, uh, can you do this by Friday? And the colleague says, why? And the key account manager says, because I'm asking for it, just do it. No, in my book, that is not selling an idea. And we have to be as skillful with the colleague at selling, selling the idea so that they will willingly want to go ahead with it. You're going to say something. I'm just slightly amused that somebody might try that with an external customer. I'd like you to buy this. Why? Because I just want you to. I think probably the worst sales yeah. pitch of all time. It's obvious. Obvious. <laughs> just buy yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So. But you see, I go back to your... Um, new chief executive who said, you know, we're, we're all part of the team together kind of thing. The, really, that's an argument against the whole concept of key account management. Because if we have key account managers, it means that the 80% of the people in the business who aren't key account managers believe it's their responsibility to deal with the key accounts. Ah. And so, um, therefore, the person, your, your mate who's saying, just do it, is doing it because the culture within the business is going, well, it's your responsibility to deal with the yeah. customers outside while we get on and do our business. Whereas if they were all part of the same thing and we didn't have key account managers and everybody was responsible for everything, so maybe it's the, well, the, maybe the, the, the real failure of key account management is the entire concept. Yes, well, that's an interesting point. And <laughs> this is where you and I normally lock horns. But I'm going to actually agree with you, Graham, because I think it depends on your definition of what the key account management role is, my ah. definition of it, is that that key account manager is essentially the, uh, the orchestra leader, if you want to use that sort of metaphor, where the key account manager is coordinating a number of teams and a number of individuals um, to satisfy the customer's expectations. They are not going there single-handedly. Uh, and that brings me on to my next point, really, because one of the best ways to secure colleagues' commitment towards customers is to actively get them involved in discussions around any plans that might exist yeah, yeah. for that customer. So one of the things that I often do with my clients is that 
I encourage the sales and marketing director to have these key account days where they might review two key accounts in the morning and two key accounts in the afternoon. And colleagues from various departments across the business are invited to attend those meetings. And they, those dates, times and places are published months in advance. As we sit here now in January, you might say, OK, well, we'll have a, a review meeting then on this particular customer. Uh, we'll have one in April and we'll have one in September. And these are the people that need to be there. And that sort of project team involvement tends to operate well outside an organisation chart by its very nature. It doesn't yeah, feature, it doesn't say we are sales and you are production and you are accounts and you are back office. It says no, we are essentially a project team working together to enhance the customer experience uh, and make their life um, better. But then you get people who've worked in a job and their job is as an accountant and now they're part of your team and they'll be going I didn't join become an accountant or a marketing person or whatever job I've got they can't identify their job if they're part of this amorphous mess well once again I think you're back to how uh, they are recruited how they are inducted and trained and I think it's let, let's assume it's up to the the chief executive here, it really has to start at that level or it doesn't start at all. I think it's up to the chief executive to say that the whole reason why we exist is to improve our profitability by improving theirs. And the way that we improve the customer's profitability is that we work as a team. And it doesn't matter what job you have, every single job in this business has a customer interface somewhere and if you don't have an external customer you've got an internal one and the very fact that they are a customer means that you need to be proactive in finding out whether or not you are meeting and exceeding their expectations. I, I think sometimes as a cam and I'm drawing on my own personal experiences in fast-moving consumer goods of <clears throat> being the account director for a, a significant retailer customer was having a strategy day, you know, the account planning day, what are we hoping to achieve with the retailer in the next 12, 18, 24 months, and requested that various people joined, one of whom was the, I suppose, for a best job description, sort of order clerk, a, a, a lady who made sure that the orders were just a, a yeah. re relatively junior role in the overall organisation but an absolutely critical role to my success. She was making sure the stock was, was being delivered to the customer. And we would, I requested that Carol joined the yeah. account strategy day. Resistance from her line manager, quite correctly, because you know, you're taking her away from her job for a day, why? And it was A, because it's really important she understands what we're hoping to achieve in the customer. So she, from a motivation and an engagement point of view. And secondly, she's very close to some different people in the customer yeah. and, and has sources of information that we don't have. And in fact, mm. was very well connected mm. with logistics and supply chain at a junior level in the uh, both sides but junior level doesn't mean they're not very important and they haven't got really important information but i did have to do some persuading yeah to yeah. to 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 get her away from the well know, i think that's the, the way to do it if, if ever i'm working on a uh, a strategy piece I, I never suggest that the board do that on their own i suggest that they create a strategic working party that might include all sorts of people who have a contribution to make Sometimes somebody who might have been in the business two days. Yeah. Um, 
if it was down to the board, by definition, that individual and their contribution would be excluded. So on this issue we're talking about now, account management and all matters customer, I think you're absolutely right. It's about a project team, it's about this working party looking at how to enhance this. So, so one of the, sorry, Greg, go I was going to say, if you, if you go back to James's question, that transitioning into being a key account manager, you've come from a, a role in sales where you're looking, you know, you're going to lots of different customers, and now your boss has said, I want you to look after, you know, these key accounts or this one key account. Yeah. So your boss is expecting you to do lots of selling to that particular client. Mm. But actually, the role that you've got is 80% of your time is selling those ideas and things you need done internally. Yeah, so you, your focus is it's not selling to the client, but selling ideas, selling that idea of having a particular person to go to a strategy day. That's a sales mm. job. You've got to sell that idea to someone. Yeah. So as a key account manager, transitioning is switching your mind into yeah. focusing on the internal and not the external. Whereas one, a salesperson, you were focused on the external. One of my uh, clients developed a job description for their account managers, and sitting right at the top of that was the statement, you are the customer's voice inside this organisation. Mm. And that was the opening statement. Now, if that exists on a job description, and that's the first thing you see. There's a lovely steer there, isn't there, as to mm. where your priorities lie, and, and it steers you very much towards so, so far, working with colleagues. We've got the transition, which is um, external focus to internal focus. The focus may be from selling into the customer to gathering information and bringing that from the customer back inside the organisation and maybe influencing internal decisions that will be beneficial for the long-term profitable relationship and works, with yourself and the key account. If I may interrupt, that yeah. works because what the account manager is doing very skillfully is not getting involved in some tribal fight about, yeah. well, we in sales want you in production to do this. What the account manager has done very cleverly is to say, it's not me saying this, but this is the customer saying, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we be a little bit sharper on this? and so on. So the customer becomes the referee in a sense on this and prevents that little bit of tribalism breaking out again. I think it's also the role is influence in the organisation, your, your organisation that you work for in terms of product configuration, sizes, specifications, things yep. like that sometimes is if there is significant commercial opportunity for your customer with your products and services then you may be influence your own organisations thinking about what those should be, how they're delivered, yeah. what they would look like, what, I th I what think, needs they would meet. I think there's also a, a very big leadership issue here. If, if teams are scrapping with each other, it's probably because they see their bosses doing it. Mm. And they see that the sales and marketing director is at war with the production director. So one of the things that works culturally, and this comment is very much targeted at sales and marketing directors listening to this, is to have a meeting maybe a couple of times a year where you go and sit down with your colleague from another department uh, and you ask three questions. You know, where, where, where is my team meeting your expectations? Where are we exceeding your expectations? Where are we falling short? And then the other person goes, in a similar way and, and, and responds, okay, well, 
you've had your say, let me tell you how my team see it. This is where we think you in sales are meeting our expectations from our point of view in production, where we think you're exceeding our expectations, where we think you're falling short. And you have that discussion very often over a cup of coffee, off-site maybe, and it's sorted, it's done. And when the leaders around the table are doing that, not surprisingly, uh, the teams working for those individuals sense that the rules are changing and maybe this is time for a more collaborative uh, approach. I think another transition I experienced was not necessarily as a CAM, it happened before that, but was moving from a sales development executive, I think I was called, or so sort of making eight calls a day to customers pretty much four and a half, five days a week and got promoted to being an account manager for the first time and my boss reviewing my diary with me, asking me the question, you look very busy, to which I responded, yes, of course, of course I am. And he said, um, when are you going to be doing any thinking? Which, which is, I have to be honest, was a bit of an alien concept. So in answer to James's <laughs> question, I think a field sales role is often very busy, active, getting the miles in, making the calls, hustling, yeah. very action orientated. I think the transition, you have to learn to value strategy, strategic thinking, planning, and sometimes have to value not doing as much as doing and value thinking as much as taking action. I think that's a yeah. big shift. A lot of very successful salespeople are successful because they're very busy, productive doers. And it's a real shift. You know, the annual account planning, something you do as quickly as you can and you get back out on the road and then carry yeah. on to actually going, actually, that's my job now. You know, doing my pestle analysis, analyzing what's going on in my customer's organization. Yeah doing different perspectives, SWOT analysis, those sort of but things. But I think, I think that's a, a general thing with people moving into management roles. Absolutely. That, that being in a, a management role means you have to think, you have to plan, you have to... And so sometimes you're doing nothing other than... Th it seems as though you're not doing anything because you're not busy. And there's a trend in society for everybody to be seen to be busy. And so you've got key account managers, they're new to the role, they've been in a trend where... You know, everybody works late and everybody's being seen to be busy, but actually you need to be not busy in order to think about what's relevant to the customer and how you sell whatever it is you need to do. Mm. Your advocacy role for your customer, you've got to think about that. So you need to block out time to to make space for that. That's, that happens in all people moving into management. Yeah. Often think that they've got to be busy doing something and having mm. meetings. That's why we have mm. meetings after meetings because it means the manager is seen to be doing something. Mm. Whereas actually if the manager's sitting in their office seeming to be doing nothing, actually they're probably managing very well. I think a practical tip there, which was what I was encouraged I was encouraged to do and I, I've adopted the practice, is time blocking in your diary. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was... My boss said, I want to see thinking. He used to call them thinking days. Yeah. Um, and, and if you don't block the time in your diary, particularly in the early stages of the transition, your previous habits will, will run the show and you won't be. So if you, you know, block the time in your diary, it's having a meeting with yourself or block the time to get those colleagues together. You mm. may have to fight quite hard sometimes to get those dates in the diary, but that's definitely what you have to do. Yeah, and on the subject of dates, I often suggest you put two dates in, you know, a date for the meeting and then a backup date. Yeah. Uh, but the golden rule is that if the first date goes, the second date has to happen. And yes. that, that normally then uh, does work. I, th I think another key element here is that 
Within organisations as we know, um, a lot of the uh, KPIs are built around fairly factual stuff like delivery dates and are we 5% off the delivery date or 10% off it or whatever. I think one of the key roles of the account manager here um, is to recognise that although those facts might be important to some, what's more important are the feelings that the customer has Mm. and to bring into the meeting the feelings of the customer and on some occasions maybe being clever enough to actually make sure that we invite a customer in to talk to everybody at sales meetings or company conferences or something like that where people are sitting there by the coffee break saying well I never realised our customers felt that way so it's to bring in those feelings and to constantly be auditing those feelings when they're out and about in the field. It's a fantastic practice, particularly if you're trying to create any sort of change, bring the voice of the customer inside your organisation. And if you can't get them in person, which is the most powerful, get them on video. Yeah. You know, that's the second, second next best. Yeah. I guess another thought, another transition is, if you've got a key account, your senior leadership are likely to be more interested in that customer than maybe customers you've managed before. Mm. So one, you have to get more comfortable having senior people wanting to understand your customer. I think go one step further, get comfortable utilising senior leaders. Phil's just trying to break his pen. Graham is hoping he's not going to burst out into <laughs> Some giggles. Live on air, Phil's pen has broken in half. So get more senior, get comfortable with more senior leaders. My apologies to the listeners. Get more comfortable <laughs> with senior leaders, but also I'd say actively get them involved in the customer because they can have conversations and open doors with your help that other, that other people can't. If so I could just modify the word slightly I think the role of the account manager is to deploy okay deploy senior management with a brief it's not just to say well can you stick your head in the door and then they turn up like royalty on a red carpet shake a few hands and get back in the car no it's not about that it's about the account manager saying to himself or herself I really need this to happen and the person I need that to do is is you boss so this is the brief so can you do that this month I've certainly had more than one cam look at me very nervously when I've suggested schlepping their managing director in for some meetings with the customer so why not because if it's a key account by its nature it's going to be very important to your organization Mm -hmm. and leveraging senior leaders senior managers can be a very very powerful deploying as Phil deploying deploying them with a purpose Okay. Jell- other thoughts, Mr. Chair. Well, that's very military of him, isn't he? Deploying your management. Deploy- As you would expect. <laughs> I would just say, I just say, military taking man. your boss along to have a chat would be what I would say, as opposed to <laughs> deploying the managing director. Uh, but- yeah, uh, please, please make sure this is from bitter personal experience. Don't just take them along without giving them a clear brief on what to say and what not to say, because you can get but, yourselves into but, all sorts. But of I trouble. think ultimately, it comes back to feelings that if the client feels as though you're taking an interest in them, uh, they will continue with you. And if you take an interest internally in everybody helping deliver whatever that client needs, your internal people will 
also respond, rather than, as I've seen in businesses, a bit like Phil saying, you know, a, a key account manager comes along and says, do this, why, why should we do it? Well, because I say so kind of approach. Or, uh, as I've seen, people saying, you know, the customer has asked us to do this, and the manufacturing department going, oh, they've been asking for that for years. Yeah, because, you know, as though they were, they're always asked for that, so we just ignore them kind of thing. Um, and, and so, whereas if, it, if everybody is worried about feelings rather than, you know, facts and figures, actually, you get a long way better. Right? Well, as that so. well-known psychologist said, and that might have been you, Mr. Jones, um, <laughs> people buy at an emotional level Absolutely. and justify it at a rational level. Yeah. So it's the feelings that the customer has that will drive their decision whether to stay or go. And I think it's maybe not a transition, um, but I think a skill area where you're going to be put more under the hammer and under pressure as a CAM, a key account manager, than maybe you were previously. Often key accounts tend to be higher, not always, but tend to be higher revenue. Some can be strategically important. You tend to be talking higher dollars, pounds, euros. So therefore your negotiation capability, how well you do it, will have a bigger financial impact than if you're managing a smaller a smaller customer. So you may want to consider sharpening your saw a bit on your negotiation skills as well as your selling skills because you're going to be talking bigger amounts of money and a you know a 0.2% discount concession in a key account is going to be significantly greater than it is in say a, a you know one of the normal mid mid table customers yeah that point you made earlier about the the key account manager's ability to persuade people becomes really important in all aspects of their job yeah absolutely so gentlemen closing thoughts it's about feelings and uh, I think as the whole gist of this uh, has been it's about skillfully selling ideas where people internally need to change. It's not about sending them a hostile email uh, which they've chosen to ignore for the last five times that they've seen it. Yes, if it hasn't worked the last five times doing the same thing the sixth time not likely to work either, is it? Definition of insanity. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. <laughs> Mr. Jones. I would just say that you know, when people are moving into that role, it's if you're the sales director and you're appointing new key account managers, it's making sure that they realise that the bulk of their attention should be focused internally, not externally. In order to best serve the yeah. external yeah. customer. I think as well, my final thought would be, and this applies to just moving into more leadership-orientated roles, as not just 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 cam roles is your your timeline your the, how far ahead in the future you are thinking and considering needs to extend out a lot further than if you're a, say a field salesperson where let's be honest if it goes much beyond the month or the quarter that's pretty rare perhaps once a year you have a think about an annual plan the rest of the time you're focused on the month or the sales period as a cam you've got to be thinking much 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 further out much further out that so james hope that was helpful to you um we will be uh, featuring some more of your suggested episodes and questions on the sales chat show going forwards and hope that's obviously of benefit to everyone else as well so we'd just like to wish you good luck and good key account management from mr phil justin who's broken his pen mr graham jones who only just managed to avoid falling about laughing when that happened and I had to try to keep the show on the road with these two...
colleagues of mine, for want of a better word. Saleschatshow.com, 125 plus episodes, uh, or available from wherever you get your podcast. Thank you very much for listening, folks. Uh, good luck and good selling. have been listening to an episode of the sales chat show to stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success please visit saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this episode and from everyone here at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling (laughs) 